And it's a beautiful day. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up, what up, GM, GM, good morning, good morning, what day is it, Thir- Wednesday, no, <laughs> Wednesday, August 31st, 2022, look at that, another beautiful day, to have a beautiful day, I got my co-host, Mando, what's up, Mando, how you doing? What's up, man, how are you? Great day. Good, good, it's so weird when we start an hour later, um, God, it's like, I'm already gone with my day you know <laughs> you just like do my thing work out in the morning whatever host and then go on with the work and now it's like uh then go back to hosting and back but yeah we're here we are here for the last show of august what a month what a month has this been man though arguably the best month uh i mean for rogue video as a whole but for for gem and specifically i think it's our best month right fair to say yeah, I mean, if if you were getting bored of just listening to me, you and OSF, and this was a great, great month. We had some amazing guests on. Hell yeah, it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's been uh, it's been it's been actually um, it's been really like crazy this month. We've had some incredible. Who have uh, we had? We've had people. We've had Artifact today. Michael Bay. Had <laughs> Michael. Hold on. Can we pause at that? Yeah, How? that was that was pretty wild. The CEO of of. Flow blockchain, CEO Flow, Polygon Studios. Polygon Studios, you know. Yeah. I mean, you had a whole list of people that we brought on that you've made this awesome tweet. Like, you had to make, like, five different threads, tweet threads and that. You're going to have to update that. With that just was, like, a month tweets. ago, though. <laughs> was, was it? Before wow. this month. Oh, my God, time flies. Crazy. Yeah. My bad. We would have had... We would have had... Where's Ovi, Friday, dude? He thinks he can get had... married? <laughs> this is bullshit. He's yeah, not Ovi's, like... Name. It's Ovi's wedding week. We we I also had the married. best small town journalist visit multiple times in uh, Sobe. I mean, we went from Sobe to Michael Bay to Artifact today. I mean, if that's not a trifecta right there, I don't know what is. You have two really big producers and then the Artifact guys back to back. That's awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, I'm excited. Good morning. It's going to be a good show. The Artifact team, of course, is going to jump in at, um, at 12.15. Um, and, uh, so they'll be coming on in like 30 minutes, 30 minutes ish. We have Zapsio, Benito, Benoit, and, uh, and Chris Clagfx, who are all three of them going to join us, which is pretty, like a pretty rare sighting from what I understand. It's, I mean, obviously they don't all live together, nor on the same time zone either. So getting all three of them in the same place at the same time for, for an interview is pretty hard. I don't think they've, I don't know. Maybe someone from Artifact can correct me. I don't think I've ever heard them all three of them in the same place, same time in a long time when it comes to Twitter spaces and whatnot. Last time I hosted them was... Uh, for the Fuel sneaker drop uh, in February last year, I uh, was posted a screenshot. Uh, was that on Clubhouse? Was, yeah, it was, it was on Clubhouse. Yeah, it was on Clubhouse. <laughs> and it was whacked, bro. It was thousands of people in there. It was fun, dude. And uh, and it was really cool. So really, really excited uh, to dive into the, the world of Artifact Studios, and especially as today is uh, Forging Day. So you know the drill. 
I'm going to pin at the top the titles. You know what to do to share the, the, the spaces. Bottom right, live feed. If you want to ask any questions, participate and whatnot, you can always do so. We like to check it from time to time during the show. So today, as usual, we're going to be going through macro and NFT daily summary. And then there was a proof conference yesterday. So a little TLDR uh, over here. Uh, they announced uh, A16Z, $50 million raise. Uh, again, uh, Mythics, I believe, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, coming from the proof ecosystem, mostly in the at the beginning of next year as well. So we'll be uh, going through that also. TLDR happened after the show yesterday. And then special guest Benoit Zapsio and Chris. We're going to be talking about all things you know, empowering the creator economy, Web three, artifact forging, future fashion, what they're up to. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some alpha out of them for and sneak peeks from what's uh, what they're up to in the future. You know, that's what we do pretty well here at Rug Radio on the morning show is to to to, <laughs> to get people to to leak some information. As a matter of fact, yesterday, Michael Bay had to re-listen to the Twitter space to give us the go to upload it across all platforms. So we got the go. We got the go. So it is now uploaded. Thank you, Golden. He had to delete it and then repost it. I was like, whoops, wait, I forgot to tell you. We need to review this one. <laughs> so now it's uploaded across all uh, audio platforms. We have some cool uh, cool tidbits. It was good to, to get him to say, to see uh, what he's going to be up to in the space later. But anyways, 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 we don't have Ovi this morning. Uh, he is still on wedding mode until next week. Uh, very excited for that. Sounds like a lot of fun. Hopefully he's going to survive it because uh, uh, those weddings are pretty intense. But in the meantime, let's get right into it with Mando. GM, everyone. Um, it's looking pretty bad out there. Uh, I would say still on macro, like um, Nasdaq hasn't rallied for I think four or five days now. Uh, oil, oil actually dropped a lot, but it was dro- dropped in like a bad way. It dropped because inventories are piling up, so people are, I think we're gonna head to a recession. Um, yeah, just generally not that good across a lot of different macro. And then yeah, as we said, rates. I'm not gonna say bips after after Sobe destroyed me last time, but yeah, not looking good either. Interest rates uh, at close to the highs of the year right now, so. Everything out there tells you that crypto should be dumping right now, but ETH kind of outperformed. Um, it didn't really sell off yesterday, even though the Nasdaq sold off for like the third or fourth day uh, in a row. And then as soon as the stock market closed, ETH ripped because it had been outperforming all, d- all day. And it, it's still kind of holding in all right. Like uh, it's still, what, 1560 right now on ETH. So... It feels as though right now crypto is outperforming stocks, and that that's a decent trend. Like when, when we've seen that before, that's what happened last time. If you remember when uh, recently ETH went up to like 1700, 1720, I think that was also outperforming stocks. And stocks haven't really traded that well for the last two weeks. Like the Nasdaq is is down quite a lot recently, um, and crypto is still hanging out. At least ETH is still hanging out above 1500. So. That's a decent sign going into the merge. Um, obviously, the the pictures of Vitalik, I think, have really helped that um, that narrative build over the last couple of weeks. So, um, I think that's what we're all hold, holding on for here at that at this stage. So, um, yeah, uh, I I would continue to own ETH here. Well, so, <laughs> these fans are making me crack up. So, like- are you saying all we need is Fed Fed Powell to? Uh, kind of do a picture very similar to Vitalik to get the markets moving in the right direction? I, I don't think anyone could do a picture like that. I, I, I actually I looked see. at it again today, and I was like, this is perhaps one of the greatest photos of all time. That, that's going to be here in like 
30, 40, 50 years. He, he sent it like, back in a group chat last night. He's like, damn, this photo. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, we need someone in the NFT space now to do so and to, to you know, to have something similar so it could send it up. I guess it's the only one. I, I have a feeling it would be Dee's, um, to be honest. So if we can get Dee's to post a photo of his Lulu's, um, well, we wow. should have what it takes <laughs> to, to send the market flying. But yeah, anyway, so <laughs> enough with this photo. Uh, <laughs> oh my. They call it a layer two because it takes two rulers, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my, oh my. All right, well, on the market level, I mean, yeah, ETH is still, you know, ETH, listen, we, we did get a green candle on, upon Mando's little 15-minute spiel if you look at it. So we'll take that. ETH sitting is 1560 right now. Uh, and so, yeah, OV kind of talk, touched on, I think it was, yes, yeah, yes, it was here yesterday. It was here yesterday. He stayed even until the Michael Bay bit a little bit. But um, he uh, he was, you know, went over what uh, you need to look up uh, look, look up to uh, in September. So you can listen back uh, to the show from yesterday to get uh, some of that bit. Uh, Mando, on the NFT side, talk to me. What are you seeing? Yeah, a, a lot of volume going through... Um... Clonex, obviously on the back of the uh, on the back of the uh, Forge drop, um, nothing really nothing really much in terms of big movers like Clonex and Moonbirds have been the two main ones. I think the Moonbirds announcements yesterday there was a lot of hype into them. I think everyone was expecting potentially there could be the drop of some for- form of like uh, ERC twenty coin, which they they did actually confirm, but that's not going to be until Q one twenty twenty three. So I think the bulk of let's say the utility or the, the utility that everyone was hoping for isn't coming till the start of next year. Wait, and... say that shit again. Wait, run that one back. Yo, which bit? There's a token coming. Who's dropping the Moonbirds are? Yeah, yeah. Proof, proof Moonbirds. Wow. Everyone was expecting them to release a token at the um, at the conference, actually, or at least give more details about it. And they said they're going to release it in um, early next year. So early next year, I think the details around it, they like they don't want it to be in like a meme coin. They don't necessarily. I think I spoke about it a few days ago. Like they don't really want it to be a uh, like even a transactional coin. It feels like it's going to be asset backed in some way. Like they did just raise a lot of money from A16Z. Um, A16Z normally come in before a token launch um as with a lot of other vcs i would expect that potentially this could be some sort of asset-backed nft token like th- there's something here which th- it- it's going to be that they're going to buy different different um assets maybe punks art blocks maybe some other generative assets and i can imagine them being in a pool which is used to as collateral behind this coin now the market cap of a coin like that seems relatively low but that's like talking about like the dollar against the gold standard. They might assume that it trades above its its collateral value, um, and yeah. So that's that's coming twenty twenty three. It seemed to be a disappointment versus it running up. So I think it's back at fourteen now. The oddities. Remember oddities. There was an expectation that they would be um, burnt for the Moonbirds too, um, which there were some details around it. The, the, the ravens etc um and it doesn't feel as amazing for oddities you're gonna have to burn quite a few of them um and it, those have kind of run back down to like one and a half uh, since so a little bit of disappointment i do think what they announced some of the stuff they announced was, was was really cool like they're doing a good job um at building utility for that token but just a lot of expectations going into it yeah so we'll, we'll get we'll get into that um, in a minute here because I really want to pick your brain on that. I know Mando had some hot takes yesterday. He came out flaming. You don't see that often, but when he comes out, he comes out with big guns. 
And, <laughs> but um, overall market, like I, I find them interesting. Yesterday's statistics, right? I'm looking at them. $17.5 million in OpenSea, but $18 million next to Y2. One and a half of looks rare, about $3 million on, 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 on Magic Eden, close to a million on, on GameStop. So you're still looking at close to $40 million in volume on the daily for NFTs, which I think is important to note because we talk about OpenSea a lot. And, you know, X2Y2 seems to be getting obviously like a lot of traction right now. So they actually have had more volume yesterday than OpenSea did by 600 grams still. Like they're tied right now there. And on the market level, yeah, I mean, it was crazy to see like this video. Someone posted um, a screen recording of the Moonbirds uh, Weath uh, buys getting take get Weath offers getting taken, which was honestly crazy. I think it's it's flash crashed eleven ish, if I'm not mistaken. It went back up to fourteen ETH. Still down, uh, you know, still down. Uh, what is it? Fourteen uh, percent. Oddities down thirty percent. Uh, yeah, clones are six six and a half. Uh, so we'll talk. You know, we'll talk about the clones and stuff later. Super excited for that. Board Ape's still hanging around close to 80. Digidai Gaku down a little bit to 13 ETH. Shout out Steve Aoki. Crushed that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, the whole, obviously, proof ecosystem is down to 60 ETH, the collective, that, that um, the proof collective card. Uh, Mutant's still at 14. So there's not that much, um, you know, going on. Pudgy saw a little bump. Uh, the potatoes are up 10 ETH. Uh, doodles, actually, I noticed doodles are up above 8 ETH again. Which is something that, um, you know, a lot of, pro- uh, you know, it was like Azuki Doodles clones all of them went below uh, 10 and then ran to like, all went to down to like 6. So I, I don't know if there was news on the Doodles side, but, oh, there was. There was there was a message in Discord because they've been quite inactive in terms of like um, social media and such, the founders. Um, and so this is some criticism I've read around uh, on Twitter, but it seems like they're uh, coming out and they said by end of month. So end of what is it end of week, end of month? Anyways, so that would be today. But um, and if it's end of week, obviously end of this week. But that they would come back uh, with some updates and what's going on. Doodle. So that that went up to eight and a half ETH. Uh, the squiggles are to twelve ETH. So it's been kind of cool to see squiggles like really hang around, man. Though like they've been like they've been hanging pretty high above ten ETH for a minute now. Like they haven't seen much of a retracement. Um, and so yeah, that's about it. Honestly, there's uh, there's not much uh, you know craziness going around. Zuki's still around eight ETH. Beans a little bit under one ETH. Um, Mebits, you know, stable coin three and a half ETH. So we're just. <laughs> I thought I thought they were stable coin around five ETH before. There's stable coin around any ETH. <laughs> Mebits like the thing with Mebits like fucking dude. These Mebits, bro. Like they're so funny to me. Like they're just there. You know what I mean? It's like me. They're just like, there in the background, that, just hanging out. Yeah, me. is like that weird cousin you got in your family, and like you got the Yuga family, the ecosystem. You got the punks and shit. You know, whatever. Chilling. You have the apes and mutants out there all day, every day, whatever. Like you know, going at each other's throats and the people's throats, and they're out there and they're building dope shit too from the founder perspective. Community super active, and then you got me. And, and well, we had a code and oversight stuff. That's different. But yeah, Mebus, they're just like that long lost cousin that's just hanging out there. And we're not too sure what's up, but we know something's up because we know Gordon, Gordon's gonna do something with him because he tweeted it. So we're just waiting. <laughs> I know what you mean, but it's still it's still gonna do it with that weird cousin, right? It's it's not like it's doing it with the with like the head of head of the family. It's like oh yeah, we're gonna try and make this guy a, a, a bit better um it's gonna be interesting to see but i know what you mean like it's it's very weird like you get really pumped over punks and apes and all these other like other side even and then then you got me bits it's so funny it's like it's actually so funny every time we talk about the yuga labs ecosystem we always fail to mention me bits 
Like, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, they're there. Hello, we exist. But no, they, they did hire like someone awesome, Danny, like dope dude. To he was always like the, at the forefront of the Mebits community. Uh, and they hired him in the end, and he works for U Labs under that. So he's heading down. We know they're working on the utility, but it's just funny. I know your your comment about stablecoin at three and a half ETH has me dying because I did say that at five ETH too. But what? They, yeah, it's just a stablecoin which has dropped forty percent. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an it's an algorithmic stablecoin. We know how exactly. well exactly. Thank you, Simon GM. That's what's up. It's an algorithmic stablecoin, Mebits, that is just been going between three and a half and six ETH for the last like. Whenever they launched, so for the last year and a half, around when the apes launched, it was around then uh, that this happened. But anyways, so let's talk about let's talk about you know next topic, um, you know ahead of um, ahead of the artifact founders coming on in a, in a few minutes. Um, you know we talked about we added in the child proof conference TLDR A16Z added again. They just you know I think it was what V friends fifty mil, you know uh, proof fifty mil. Mando had a different title in line for you guys today. A nice clickbaity one. I removed it for the reason that we ran out of characters. And I had to fit the artifact people. But I believe, I believe Mando, his title was, his question was for today's show. Are we all A16Z sips? Or is the market A16Z sip? Something along the line. So Mando, I'm going to give it to you for this one. Well, am I doing the A16Z simp thing? Of course we all are. Like every, They've just invested in literally everything now, like uh, Yuga, um, now this. Uh, what else? Uh, pretty much every gaming, uh, like major gaming. Uh, they're they're also thing. investors in Artifact early on. Uh, yeah, investors in Artifact early on. So what's that? Have they invested in Azuk? I mean, Azuki's going to do a raise. I wonder if they're going to get involved in that. Did they invest in Doodles as well? Or was that just Alexis Ohanian? <laughs> No, that's just Alexis Ohanian. I believe the raise. I mean, it, they are. I mean, I guess they were already known as being huge in blockchain, uh, like technology before this. Um, and then it does feel as though they're just they're getting involved in dominating um, NFTs and kind of Web three coming out of it. I I, I like the guys at A16Z, or, or at least the people at A16Z. I think whenever I hear them speak, I'm just like, wow, that they are really really smart and i think they completely get the value of this technology and it would make me feel just a little bit more comforted i guess if there were more people uh who were part of the investing pool it does feel like they're the only people who get it right now well to speak to that though man like i I noticed this like a few years ago when i'm like literally sitting there thinking to myself like damn if i was any joe schmo with like five ten million dollar small fund right now investing in DeFi, like you would have made generational wealth right like three years ago and you saw a lot of those like people did do that like you know maybe with larger amounts but like defiance capital parify capital um mechanism capital three arrows capital all came from that and they kept allocating when other people stopped and i think you know to your point of like well i wish there was more people like i think we all kind of do like the thing is they just have the risk appetite for it like you can't at the end of the day like yeah they're investing in all these rounds this that or the other but like they're the ones that have the belief and the risk tolerance and it's actually kind of impressive that they're a silicon valley uh firm first like they, you know they're prolific like mark andreessen um and ben horowitz have done a lot in like just regular tech investing like people have probably never like they so they made like netscape back in the day like the original gps and then they also did like the whole skype they did, like basically invested Skype seed, I think, and that was like one of their really big wins early on. Weren't they traditional too, Sobe? 
Yeah, PayPal, but all kinds of shit, right? So, like, I think they were one of the people that, yeah, I think you see a lot of, like, tech uh, technologists or whatever, like, people with fucking seven different words with more than eight letters in them in their Twitter bio always, like, kind of hate fucking Twitter or crypto Twitter or crypto for some reason. And they're, they've kind of gone, like, no, this actually makes a lot of sense to us. We're going to put in the effort to build a research team and understand this stuff and, and allocate accordingly. Like, at the end of the day, like, None of these are surefire bets, right? Like they, um, whether they participate in something like, like they they just gave proof fifty million dollars after their floors just collapsed. Like obviously they like believe in that team, right? And like it, in, in the in this macro environment to keep investing like that, like is is I think commendable. Well, and then so beyond that, like they have a shitload of capital. They raised that new fund again. Like they're constantly putting together funds. It's just sort of the track record and. It's also like, you know, they're hedging their bets. Like, they're not only in Web3. Like, they are still in very traditional spaces, like, where they are on Twitter and Facebook. So they're like, well, regardless of what wins, we have a stake in it. But I will agree that they have been pushing it a lot forward, like, on the tech side uh, in space. But, you know, we're skipping right from Web3 to Web16Z. But, you know, if they're going to they're gonna make it run, let's go. Damn. Jack so- tried to warn us the entire time. Remember when he tweeted at me? Back at me, and he said, "I'm just trying to help you guys." He was tweeting at them <laughs> at that time, like he was directly tweeting at them. Oh yeah, um, he was like saying that it lays between A and Z or something. <laughs> he was making very, he was they're, making. They're giga smart over there, but like you see, you see very smart on people. It. and it, it's 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 just a unique dynamic because like I think we've been talking about this a lot over like the last couple months, where just like the nature of how NFT projects are, like. You need capital to expand, especially with all this conversation going on. Do you have, uh, is there going to be fees? Where are the marketplaces going? New business models. Like, we're still so early in what these projects will look like long term that there really isn't one right or wrong way. No, I agree. So, so I, w- my take on this is slightly different. I think when you're investing in just tech, just the tech layer, it makes sense if you're a VC to invest in every single thing, right? VCs invest in pretty much every layer one because one of them will win. But I think it when you're investing in culture and you end up owning the company that owns punks, apes, dude, uh, V friends, artifact, um, uh, what do we else we just say? Proof, Moonbirds, like you own so many. I think it it can backfire slightly if it starts to, to feel like oh they're all owned by one all-powerful organization basically behind them and yeah there's a there's a big difference between investing and owning but i do think it's it's not that great i think for culture at least it leads it it leads a weakness against uh which tech doesn't really have like if it's very easy for somebody else to come in and be like well we don't have a 16 g as one of our uh, as one of our um investors and that's almost like a benefit when it comes to culture in some ways not saying the a16c people are, are, are bad people it's just it just doesn't look great when they own everything so i have a question Sobi, ahead, maybe sorry. you can help me here or Simon, anyone who knows better. And if there's venture capitalists in the room, you're more than welcome to come up on stage. Even if people from Macy's, anything, like really like come up on stage, request to speak. I have a question for everyone. All, all these, and then and, and, and that team over there, oh, there you go, Elio Trade's coming up, let's go. So anyways, like, there is some great people there. I mean, Nas, he comes on our spaces a lot, found the Rebels, he's a, he's, work, he's a chief security officer at uh, ACs in Crypto, dope dude. Amazing team. Chris Lyons, a good friend of mine. Love that guy. He put me on so big time early on Clubhouse. Now, I have a question. Is there a reason why they, all these um, 
companies are having ACC lead their their uh, their their round. I mean, ACC could be invested in every one of them without necessarily leading the round. But this is a case of them actually leading every single big round. Yeah, so I, I can speak a little bit on that. Someone that's like raised a um, bunch of venture capital. It's like some some funds they only will invest or like not only, but they typically like to lead around. And like leading around basically kind of means like you know you kind of work with figuring out the valuation for things. You bring in other investors. You kind of um, you work in hand with the founding team of putting together the cap table. Like you're, they're like taking the lead on the round, right? Yeah, it's so, like so many, they get to help set the terms like w- the way that they want best, rather than coming in with not being a lead. Yeah, so like the, the, usually when you lead the round, like what you're doing is you'll, you sometimes you'll get more like preferential terms, but you're also like actually adding a lot of value. So maybe you, you'll get something at like a slight discount to other people that are participating, or maybe it's uh, you get the the opportunity to come onto later rounds and increase your exposure more than other people, or maybe it could even be like. Hey, we'll oversub the round because you want your check. You want to write a minimum check of this amount, and we weren't thinking about diluting ourselves more. But since you're leading the round, we'll all it could be all kinds of things. And I think um, in in traditional venture, like Andreessen, like A16Z is like known for uh, being like adding a lot of value to its people. Like they they will instead of like let I, I think it, one one thing they do really well is like let's say they find someone that's like very talented they'll often try to put them with like a portfolio company rather than trying to um, kind of hire them for themselves. Cause you know, they can use high, like the the guy that comes on the show, I forget his name, but he's like a really talented security engineer, right? Like that's, he probably wanted to work at A16Z, but what I'm saying is if like when they come around people, like they're probably assisting. So they're known for helping out their teams a lot um, that they invest in. And they probably from a opportunity cost perspective, they probably go, it's not worth it for us to invest or, not, I wouldn't say it's not worth it for us to invest. They probably just lead with, or they they probably prefer to lead rounds because then they can they can uh, justify to themselves using all the resources they have uh, because they're in that lead position. Yeah, uh, what's going on, everyone? And Farouk, what's going on, man? Um, GM, King. Uh, GM, GM. Um, I'll, I'll speak a little bit on the VC thing, which is you know I've had the the privilege and experience of dealing with a lot of VCs. And, um, you know, as a founder, you really, you know, especially in crypto, there's a lot of money. Um, There's money everywhere. And what you realize after you get a lot of money um, in your company is that you need more than money. Right. And so uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of VCs that have uh, services that they provide to their founders. And A16Z is effectively uh, well reputed as being the best service provider for their founders. So founders love it because they come to you and they say, hey, do you need help with your tokenomics? Uh, Well, guess what? We have an economist that'll go and do your tokenomics with you. Do you need help with uh, finding uh, employees? We'll go and do job searches for you. Do you need help with lawyers? We'll We'll get the lawyers for you. They make it so you can focus on the things that make you great as a company without focusing on all the BS around the company. Um, and so uh, A16Z, the reason why they actually have a mandate uh, internally to lead, uh, one of the reasons why they do that is because when you lead around, um, as opposed to being a follower on a round or, or a participant, um, yes, you put in a bigger check, so you own more of the company, but you also have the opportunity to have a board seat. Usually in any one round, there's only one board seat, maybe two, usually one board seat that goes out in any big round. 
And so you'll be able to, and when you sit on the board, that is one of the biggest, most influential things you can do. The way companies are structured, technically the board makes every decision and then hires and fires the CEO. And so the CEO works for the board. And so I don't know if you guys have heard the shenanigans about, you know, like, oh, Elon Musk was like not the CEO of Tesla, but then he was still the director of the board. Or like, you've seen these like title switches, like MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor is no longer CEO, but now he's chairman of the board. Um, well, chairman of the board is pretty much the only thing that matters. That's the decision maker, the final decision maker in the company and the board uh, can fire the CEO. And so the board CEO are really where once things get really advanced, that's where the sort of the the sausage is made, and um, and yeah, and that's why people like A16Z who have been down this path with so many tech companies that go public, they want to be on that board seat, they want to have a, a real vote, and so they know that the only way to do that is to get in early and lead. Um, anyway, that's my two uh, my two satoshis about uh, A16Z. That's some solid Satoshis. And you're also the only person on the face of an Ether that says A160. I like that. You're different. <laughs> it, it'll be perfect like transition with the artifact guys get up here. Because I remember in the beginning, I was like, what the fuck is RTFKT? Oh, <laughs> artifact. Got it. No, but like, you God, spot damn. on with your points there, Sobi and Leo. Like, and one of the things I want to kind of mention on it, like outside of the investment side, like you really hit it with the portfolio aspect. And it really reminds me of so many similarities to like, you look at like the big four, like Hollywood agencies out here and like they really try to bring together talent, whether it's writers, directors, actors, because they're always looking to be able to package them with their larger clients. And if you look at it in the, like the VC tech world, like they're trying to put together a significant amount of portfolio companies because there's a lot of work that can be done between those. Um, so there's a lot of similarities across those. And you even see now like these big VCs and private equity companies are taking a significant stake into these agencies because we live in an attention economy, and especially here on Twitter or Instagram or other social media, you can see where the news and marketing comes from. So it's like the reason like TPG has 50% stake in CAA, reason Endeavor ended up going public. Like it's all similarities, just people versus companies. So to go back to the to, to proof, right? Because I'm reading the threads. NFT Bark made a great thread about it. It's very long, but it's very good. And he just covers a bit of everything. And also, I pinned Mando's hot take from yesterday. <laughs> I know you like that one. And uh, and so, but are we bullish or are we bearish Moonbirds? Because there's some, like, I'm bullish Kevin Rose, bullish proof ecosystem. Proof Conference, Proof Collective. I'm really excited about Codename High Rise, which is their Web3. They call it Web3 Tools for Artists, Collectors, and, and Token Gate Community. So it's kind of like their social platform. You know, having Alexis Ohanian involved, who's an expert when it comes to that. Literally one of the top experts on the planet ever when it comes to that. It's, it's extremely important. Um, but what does this mean for the short term? Clearly the market didn't, you know, reacted in a negative way they, they started selling all of their assets all of the the moonbirds for for weath offers i think 50 60 70 of them. it was crazy it was just insane i saw that i need to find this video again and, and post it up and they bounced back a little bit but what does this mean for moonbirds holder at the end of the day like because originally it was the moonbirds holders it was the raise 70 million, 100 million i don't know what they made whatever it's good it's awesome but like i'm not too sure what this means for moonbirds does that make sense I'm yeah. just gonna say. Go ahead, Mando. I was just gonna say. Uh, 
Try again. 5511. <laughs> oh, I thought you said go ahead, Mando. No, no sorry. So, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that, you know, when it comes to NFTs, when you have a bunch of NFT people and you say that the out, you know, the outline is like 500 days or something to to earn something, like a lot of people are here just for short term flips and stuff like that. So I think that's where you saw like a lot of people are like, oh, I can't I can't wait 500 days to get something out of this thing. I'm just going to have to like cut my cut my losses here and see what happens. You know, like that that's where I think, you know, the mentality of the people that were just like, you know, and most of the people in this space are like not patient people like telling someone they got to wait like 500 days to maybe get something is 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 rough for a lot of people. No, that makes sense. That's also plays in the nature of the space. Elio, go ahead. Yeah, like um, I was in a space last night. I think it was um, uh, Alexander's space, which I've been popping by, and those those are pretty funny. Yeah, um, villain villain is great, bro. Shout out. Yeah, to you. good entertainment. <laughs> um, Hilarious, one of the funniest people. Yeah, I heard somebody pop on and was like, "Yeah, like here's the thing: don't release utility. Utility's going to nuke all projects. Board apes are going to nuke once other side fails, or something like that." Um, and there's a perception right now that because utility, uh, like cool cats hasn't like sent the floor. Right. And there's a perception that because there's been examples of people releasing stuff that hasn't, uh, added to floor price as much as vague hopium and hype that utility is, is not the key. And that's unfortunate because that's so far from the truth. Right. The reality is that would be like saying, you know, this whole Disney Mickey Mouse thing would have been sick if they had never made a TV show or a movie about that about that mouse. Um, that would have been great if Disney just just did art and never made a, a movie or anything to like bring it to life. Um, the reality is is that we haven't seen um, we haven't seen this world of Web three sort of taking over into main, mainstream culture yet through games, through entertainment properties, through tech. But it's going to happen, right? And it's it's without a doubt going to be the thing that separates the you know the Facebooks and Googles and Amazons of NFT from the other projects because they'll have tech uh, IP and and success stories that are you know uh, worldwide, and that's going to be fantastic to see, and it's going to change and leave an, uh, like an amazing mark on the space and elevate what people think about nfts so what moonbirds is doing is great and eventually and hopefully if they're able to build a tech platform that takes off um, i'm sure they'll figure out some kind of utility for their assets that kind of are the bedrock of their collect of of their world which is the moonbird um right now it's not clear and they would be smart not to make too many bold statements about it uh from a legal perspective because they don't want to get themselves into hot water by you know over promising um what could happen with the assets um from a legal perspective they have all the money they like they, they could just go build it they don't need to talk any kind of spicy talk about what's coming. And so that's a really great position of power they're in. And so um, that's kind of my perspective is right now is that uh, we're going to see a lot of stuff being built. I don't think it's bad for, I think all this stuff probably bodes extremely well for Moonbirds. Um, and that like Proof Collective would, would most likely be looking to add utility to those Moonbirds over time. I'm not in Kevin Rose's head, right? But if I was, I'd be thinking, wow, I had a what three hundred million dollars in sales or whatever um, on this on this collection. I'm not just going to dosey do onto the next thing. I'm going to look to sort of dig my heels in. And so um, again, that's what I think is going to happen. And the the collections right now that haven't seen utility equal floor price uh, elevation. That's just a symptom of being so so early, right? But we're going to see it happen. And uh, and when it does it's going to set a much higher standard for the industry as to what people are going to look for. It'll be really, really healthy. I think that's a great take, uh, Elio. 
and uh, obviously it's, it's it's long term you see a lot of the bigger projects now go more into that mindset and it's good for the space i think just you know saying hey just wait you know like things are going to come we're building them we obviously have the capital to do so and and you have to wait so obviously like um you know the the mentality of the whole space is about to, is shifting i'm seeing it a lot obviously the bear market probably plays into it uh quite a lot mando i don't know if you had some um some closing remarks on that front uh, as I brought up the whole artifact gang right now. And I had some remarks on what you were saying, even though I jumped in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> <Go> ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, you know, all the talk, you know, and, and some prophets can say, oh, utility is dead or this is dead. Like, no one really knows what's going on. But I think what's very interesting in general for any projects is that there's going to be really a need to really invest in storytelling. And then utility, you know, just doing airdrops nonstop or new collection just to artificially pump your floor for a few months or days is not going to cut it. If you want to really people to engage into what you do, you need to really have a story and a world for them to do things in and how you let them as well participate in that story because it's all about co-creation these days in, in Web3. But how do you start to really tell stories? And I think there are some projects. I think that's why as well the, the Goblin Town stuff uh, to me, it was really interesting how they came in out of nowhere, had their own language, started with some weird stories through drawings and all of that, and how the community started to create that together. Uh, so to me, that's the really next big step that people need to think about is what's the story and world you're building. And after how do you have utilities within that? But after a while, if, if the story is only about the floor and making money, uh, you know, it's not a very interesting story. So that there was my, my, my two cents, you know, just to come in. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's very good two cents, uh, in my opinion. As you were doing that, I obviously had to switch to PFP real quick. You know the vibes. If you tap on my name, you'll see a new one. But uh, <laughs> I, I think... I think All uh, of a sudden, you're a clone now. Huh? I, I had... I, I had no, because, because Benoit... I mean, he's, he's, he's known to be a shapeshifter according but, to what's trending, but, you know, so... <laughs> Benoit's gonna yell at me if I don't have my clone going on for, for the for the for this. You, you know, I mean, today I was up early. I set an alarm. I didn't even need to. I thought I didn't know this shit was a whole week. Fuck, but I was <laughs> yeah, there. no stress. Yeah, everyone's got a week. Like, yeah, there's no rush to mint. It's fine. Oh my, this is great. But yeah, it's it. Benoit used to yell at me a year and a half ago for not owning a punk, uh, and shame me on Twitter for that. And yeah, now. It's cool. He, he yells at me for not sporting my clone X, but I have it right now. Let's no, go. but you see, well, even next level now, because I didn't have, have to yell, you change it by yourself. You know? Exactly. So there that's good. Go. <laughs> good storytelling right there. Exactly. I'm going to upload the, the image also that Franco uh, made, which is super dope of my clone dripped up in the Murakami drip, which is fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's segue right into it. I mean, here we go. I mean, this is long time, long time coming. Long overdue, super fucking excited about this one. So you know what to do if you're listening live right now on Twitter Spaces. You can share the space. Top left, there's a uh, top right, there's an arrow to share. Top uh, the pin tweet. We also have, uh, you know, you can retweet. We have the the titles and whatnot uh, of the room. I'm also gonna just reshare it right now, uh, just in case if you wanna if you wanna share it. Artifact Gang is strong. I know you have a strong community. Um, I, I was actually wondering at the beginning of the space, when was the last time uh, you all three were on the same spaces? Or... It's been over a year, Farouk. I think last time was in December. We haven't done this in a minute, so it's good to be back. Hell yeah. But Hell. it doesn't make it a year. It makes it about nine months, if you want to be precise. The time <laughs> right. to make a baby. The exactly. time to make... 
But it, it does so feel nostalgic, though. It's crazy. Actually, yeah. Even though it's not Farouk, month, it actually feels more did... than a year. Yeah, yeah, the last one we did with Farouk was Jeff Staple drop. That was... Oh, that was crazy. I thought it was the fewer one, but it's actually the Jeff Staple one. Where yeah. So Zapsio calls me last second, and literally I was, like, doing some stuff. He calls me, like, yo, 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 our meta pigeons, bro. They're going crazy. <laughs> They're going crazy, bro. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What's going on? I'm like freaking out. He's like, dude, just can you host us in five minutes? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I got a couple calls. Like, no, no, bro. It's in five minutes. I'm bringing Jeff Staple to Clubhouse. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) And so, (laughs) wow. Well, that was the one. I forgot the date of that, but... Um, but that's great. That's definitely a throwback. Zapsio, by the way, your profile picture looks freaking dank. Uh, it's yeah. insane. So welcome, of course, uh, Clegg, Chris, Benoit, and Zapsio uh, to Rug Radio, GM NFTs. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to have you all uh, to close out the month of August. Today is obviously a big day uh, for Artifact and its ecosystem as forging begins for your clone X's. And obviously, we'll dive uh, deep into that. We'll talk all things forging all things create the future of creator economy artifact studios what you got going on hopefully hopefully we can squeeze in some alpha out of y'all to see what's coming next i know that your holders are really excited the community is hyped up it's been dope to see what they've been creating uh and uh and it's uh, it's just been um it's just been wow like i don't even know where to start this i guess to start this in short what has happened since our last chat, I mean, we saw the clones, we saw a Nike acquisition, and you talked about nine months ago, last time you all were together, you know, talking about things. How has life been over the last nine months? Nothing's really changed. We've just been heads down grinding. I think we've said a lot of times we're here for the long run, and we have a big vision of what we want to bring to this space. And a lot of these ideas take a while to build and Clonex forging was something we've been working on for the last eight months. And in in it, also, we have like five other projects at the same time. So we've just been deep in the grind, deep in the forge and cooking up. Uh, one thing that I know has changed is our team is a lot bigger, uh, which is really cool. We onboarded a lot of new talent, uh, which is the coolest thing ever. We need to... Sk- yeah, we were hoping that this would happen down the road so we can start, uh, you know, executing on all our projects, which is cool. And especially like the 3D team is insane. Uh, and witnessing uh, even more talented 3D artists come out from the community was fun to watch in the, you know, the past three or four months, which is awesome. And just to, to reiterate on that, the team has been growing, but we're still not too big. But again, it has always been the most important thing at Artifact because we always, you know, how has he called you uh, eight months ago and say, oh, we got this, uh, check it out. We still have stuff like that going every day, ideas that we have every day. <laughs> Even though since you know we did, last did the space, a lot of the projects you've seen being released are stuff we already were thinking and were working on last year. Uh, a lot of projects we're working on are actually for next year and the you know, next 10 years even. Uh, but the, the team has been growing. We recently hired you know Jalan, who's a, a guy of the community as well we, that we've been working on before. But you know he comes from Google, so it's cool as well to be able to see we're attracting, you know, super senior talent. But as Chris said, like uh, one of the things that's the best is to find new team members within the community, just like we did with YC recently to come and join on the comms and collector experience side of things and how we continue to shape the team in new ways because just like we have a very weird team since day one where almost everyone is a creator, has a creative skill, 
uh, we're trying to see now how we get on board new profiles because in Web3, we've, you know, it's merging a lot of the, the collector side of the collectible aspect, the luxury aspect, the streetwear aspect, the, the gaming aspect, all of this. So how do you find these talents and make them join together and, and make some really cool stuff and deliver on the crazy ideas we have together is the, the most exciting. So we're still, you know, recruiting for new talent, always looking for new people. So uh, just the DMs are full, but I know I receive a lot of DMs all the time. We're going through all of this, but we're going to continue to grow the team uh, as we go. How many uh, how many people artifact team right now? It must be it's quite a bit, no? Right now, full time, we're like 35, about 35. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Uh, I mean, a lot of them being devs and 3D artists, you know. Uh, of course. <laughs> like, you know, these guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the cool thing is that this is from all around the world, really. Like, we have all type of people, uh, all type of profiles as well. Like, some very senior, some that just learned 3D, but have really good potential. And what's best is how you make them work together so that, you know, it's the best school for the junior talent to come with us. And it's always a bit hard because it's a pretty hectic business we have and pretty hectic way of working fully remote like this. But the best is to combine, you know, raw talent with more senior talent and make them grow and learn together. It's super cool. Even though it's like 35 full time, what I like is it still feels almost like a startup grind. Everybody still wears multiple hats, which is awesome. And there's a lot of passion. And we uh, still work on WhatsApp, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> so yeah. Ultimate tool. <laughs> it, it's still the best tool. I, I trust me. I've tried to move the team around from Slack to Monday to all so these... Farouk, please tell them because me, I hate Slack. Okay. Makes but right sense. now, there's there's I a little Slack. revolution inside Artifact where the dev team is created as created a Slack, and they work on Slack. But me, I don't want to go on Slack. But the problem is that WhatsApp, you can't, you know, you can't even, can you pin messages on WhatsApp? You no, can't, you can't right? do anything on WhatsApp, which sucks. That so I know, I know, Farouk, you're a very well-networked person. So DM the founder of WhatsApp now and ask him for a pin feature, please. Okay, let me just okay. get Zuck on the phone real okay. quick. Yeah, get him on the phone. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Be right back. Let me just get Zuck on the phone real quick and ask him what the fuck is up with his metaverse. Exactly. You just need to have like a pin message and that solves everything. <laughs> so, hey, Zuck or whoever's head of product WhatsApp, you heard it. Uh, and so, and so, it's 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 pretty cool to hear that you've grown all while keeping, you know, this the feeling of of the of uh, of of what it, you know artifact was. I I kind of want to take it back there, right? Like you're talking about the vibe of artifact early days. Some of us got to see it. Thankfully, you know, I met Zapsio way 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 back uh, years ago when he used to buy ten dollars shoutouts from me on Instagram. Uh, Zapsio, it's funny. I'm actually looking at the shoes you made for me back then. <laughs> he yeah, customized some cool, easy so for cool. me. Dude, 2000, I don't even know when, uh, but it was like six, seven, eight years maybe ago. And it's wild to have seen how fast uh, you've all grown all the way to, to Nike, to Clone X, to Nike, and to everything you're doing now, which is really, 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 really dope. But let's take it back a little bit. So we, there's a lot of newcomers in the space. Uh, a lot of people listen to the show on a daily basis, may not be familiar with from the early days of Artifact, right? Like when I when you joined the Artifact ecosystem, there's a lot going on. There's the clones, you see all the things that's going on, you see forging, uh, and it can be a lot for people, especially now that the space has a lot of noise, right? There's a lot of people doing really cool stuff uh, right now. So let's take it back a little bit. Like what is what is Artifact Studios? Let's take it back to the roots. No, we remove studios to start with, you know. This we got rid of because I'm still used it. to Artifact Studios. You're yeah, I know, but it's removed, so you're not allowed. No, we took us a while because we didn't have the social handles. Uh, but I just do it quick then after this if you want. But really, when we created Artifact, we really created it from the realization that 
a lot of the brands today didn't really understand anything about culture and gaming culture especially and where the world could go and that we could we thought that we could accelerate the future a lot faster and create a brand that was born in the crypto culture and in the gaming culture and really take all the stuff that we love which is fashion anime video games you know cool content all of this type of stuff and do a brand together uh, so that we could make the future happen faster and the whole goal of artifact is that Yes, we started with sneakers, and today we just released 10 super crazy DNA-based Air Force Ones. But we did the clones, we did the avatars, but we always wanted it to be a brand that when you, once you're participating in it and part of the community, you feel that you have early access to the future. Uh, and that's the main thing. We want to make something that is first and foremost exciting for us to work on every day. And we're still, you know, super excited to work on every day and work maybe a bit too much every day on it. But the whole goal is that is to create a movement where people get a taste of the future and participate building it with us around the foundations we're putting uh, together and, you know, forging and all these type of mechanics or stuff we came up with because we really believe in a world where your digital and physical life is going to be merged together and that more and more your digital life is going to become more important, but we still want to make super cool physical experiences and products. That That's about it. I, I think that's that's really interesting to hear you, you talk about that kind of shift because um, I remember when I first heard about you, it was kind of right. They're the they're the metaverse answer to Supreme. They're they're making digital fashion, and then now it's been the clones and and the and the pods. Uh, like, do, are you increasingly feeling like you're you're no longer just a wearables company oh, now? It's, it's you're just you you are you're really just like a metaverse company. And and just to expand that slightly. Do you see yourself exploring that into like gaming, metaverse worlds even even, even further? Yeah. So I think really any brand today, um, and a brand is what? A brand is like an entity that has a core belief and a vision and then that's, you know, making products and building a community around it to make it happen every day. But I really believe that we're entering the era for any brand of uh, world building where it's not just about what products you do or whatever. And even even we started as a fashion company, Fashion brands today, yes, they sell products, T-shirts, clothes, sneakers, but you can also now create characters. So that's the other level, which is super important, which is the identity level. And then we did a small thing with the space pod to start to see, okay, and now we create mini space where you can feel cozy, you can feel at home, hang out, invite people down the line. And then after what you do, you start to build the world and then you invent things for people to do in this world. So I think any brand who's serious about the future or still being there in the next uh, 50 years, needs to really think of these capabilities of world building using real-time real 3D tools and mainly also how they can motivate and excite the community around them to build with them because whatever you want to do, even though we're 35, whether we're 35 today or 3,000 tomorrow, it's still not enough to achieve the big vision we have. So how do you manage to get a real community around you to build with you and also share some of the value of all of this together is how you're going to become a true metaverse brand. And just to add into that, we don't constrain ourselves. Everything we do is pretty strategic. We started off with the wearables and we picked the sneaker because the real-life trading of sneakers resembled a way that we could improve that in the digital world and adding that part into it. And then from there, we went into avatars, which is the identity, and then the pods, which is the start of our like metaverse play. Uh, but everything we do is step-by-step and we're not constrained to a box. We evolve and change over time. So... And at the end of the day, we have fun every day. Uh, we're all super passionate and lived and breathe this sort of space. Um, so we're always coming up with new things and putting them into action and step-by-step -step process. 
as a community member that's been around for a while, like I think you guys have done a really good job of that. I also want to show like Benoit was talking about earlier how you guys have had like a long term vision for a lot of stuff. If you notice, like Z posted a photo of him surrounded by these ten sneakers when they were like, I remember the, like, you guys posted these a while ago when you were first kind of going through like the Bone Troopers. And you recreated that image in this literally a Murakami avatar that you guys also designed with these 10 other Air Force Ones. And, like, to me, first of all, that's so fucking cool. Like, the U.S. has that vision and, like, it's manifesting in real life. And, like, you guys are putting a lot of the work and effort towards doing that. But it's also really just cool to see those kind of things that, oh, like, look, like they said, like, they basically did this thing or had this vision in the past and it's manifesting in the future. But um, I think something that people aren't really paying attention to you guys' community, they don't understand is like, you guys have been doing a really good job of like, honestly, kind of, I wouldn't say forcing, but really strongly nudging people to learn how to use 3D tooling. Like even for me, I'm like, I've, I've been finding myself like at the end of my days, like literally trying to use fucking Blender and figure out how do you do half this shit and then also playing around with like Unreal and then now I've gone into like... And you see, so how old, how old are you not to Doug but how old are you? I'm 26. So, and so first time you started to open Blender and learn 3D was recently then at 26. The the thing is, I used to, I didn't used to use Blender. I used to use uh, Counter-Strike, the, I forget what ah, it was. Ah, like, like the, the match yeah, game. Source, source yeah. filmmaker. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. source <laughs> filmmaker way back. But I like, cool. stopped doing that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I literally used to play that in like Half-Life Deathmatch and play around with all those mods, but I just quit doing that. And, like, you know, what's been crazy is, like, to me, even though I had that background, it made me just think of, like, oh, this is, like, to me, it makes me, like, the thing that you guys want, like, gamer culture, like, that's literally what it reminded me of. Like, I wanted to use Source Maker because I wanted to mod the games I played. I wanted to download Blender because I want to mod the clone I have. Right? It's, like, this is, from that. Yeah, this is exactly what we're trying to reignite. Actually, that's not the right word, but ignite in the Web3 space because I feel like a lot of us were guys like you. Like, I was that kid on a freaking laptop on Hammer Editor and War, uh, Warcraft 3 Editor and a source filmmaker just making, like, fun content. And it was, like, a sense of crazy community. Um, everybody was making objects for different games. Gary's Mod. And that was so fun growing up when I was in middle school and high school. And I felt like that can be replicated, but on a massive scale. Like, Benoit, Z, we all come from that that space. And the, we want everybody to kind of, like, experience that. Because when when uh, everybody was doing Source Filmmaker stuff, uh, it was a very small community. Um and I feel like with Web3, that's when it's going to expand that modding culture to the masses. So everybody can get a taste of what it's like to be, you know, a creator, especially in the gaming space. But yeah, it's good to hear that kind of like reignited that spark that you had a long time ago with Source Filmmaker. It's really cool to hear. Yeah, so I can't like... is, is very important because, sorry, Farouk, but because no, the, what we try to do as well is our hope is that whatever we do is going to inspire the next generation to do even better than us. That's why we're opening some of the tools we do or some of the assets for them to be able to build upon it because I truly believe that, especially if you talk wearables or fashion, it, it's very hard in the physical world to create a fashion brand, set up the e-commerce. Now with Shopify, it's easier, right? But you still have the logistics, the production, all of this is very complex. But five years from now, where a lot of people are going to buy clothes for their avatars. Anyone who's smart and knows 3D and a bit of social media marketing can launch a cool brand and have a big success, right? So... 
empowering people to be ready for that future. And, and we think 3D is a very, very key element of that. Like, I truly believe that if you know 3D, your future is golden, you know, uh, unless you're, you're not lucky or not good at all. But it's really important to, to even just understand the basics, even in art direction, so you understand what's a map. Me, I'm, I'm not a 3D artist. I did some Blender in 2016. I got addicted to it for a year. I'm a shit 3D artist, but I understand the, the vocabulary. And when Chris is telling me, oh, the UV map is not done, I understand what he's telling me. And all of this uh, vocabulary and, and the 3D space is important for everyone to master, especially if you talk about metaverse every day. If you never open Blender or know what's a UV map, you've got some questions to ask yourself. That's, see, I want to I kind of like dive deeper into that, right? We talk about the creator economy a lot uh, on this show. We're all, you know, in, t- in, in a way or another, we're all content creators in the spaces. It is, is, heavily, um, is heavily obviously around, built around artists, the art, something you guys have always respected. And it's how you, you all started too. Um, and so by doing, you know, meaningful collaborations with people. Like I mentioned earlier, you did the, the Fuel one, you did the Jeff Staple, and you've done uh, many, many, many more. Early on, even with the Space Drips, I mean, you had Zaid, you had, remember the Loop of Ice Digger, the Arnaud Keys, you have the, the Corey Van Lu. I mean, that, the, everything that you've done in the past was always uh, collaborating with, with, with other uh, artists. And so I kind of want to riff off of that and, and talking about the creative economy of tomorrow um, and how, you know, you at Artifact envision it, right? Like you just said, you kind of started, you said, you envision a world where everybody's going to learn Blender, uh, 3D, and this and that. Personally speaking, I'm happy paying someone to do this stuff, but uh, <laughs> but I see- no, no. But this is great. No, but this is important because you know all of the stuff with the 3D files it came from the the Fortnite scene. You know where there's a lot of young kids that learn Blender on YouTube, and then uh, data mine the Fortnite skin models every time there's an update on Fortnite, and then they make thumbnails for YouTubers, animation for Twitch streamers. And they, and they get paid for it, right? So when we released that, we also anticipated that some people who don't have 3D skills or don't want to have other skills, you know, like business skills, marketing skills, whatever, or an idea for their IP, they would actually pay young creators or start to make teams with young creators to, to, to create that business. So all of this was something we were expecting and hoping. And as usual, every time we anticipate something, it's happening a lot faster than we think because the community is always surprising us, which is an amazing feeling to wake up to uh, every day. Are you thinking at a like marketplace yeah, at some point where people are going to be able to, or like an economy from within the artifact ecosystem where we're going to be able to like, you know, have things created from within, get people paid for it. Have yeah, just- no, but this, so, I mean, it's not to have some alpha or whatever, because we said it a lot before. We always had no, the platform course. ambition and, you know, our model since day one has always been Valve and the Steam Workshop and Valve, they started by innovating the fuck out of the video game industry with Half-Life. You know, they introduced storytelling NPCs in a first-person shooter for the first time. Then after they did Team Fortress 2, and then they opened Steam Workshop and they realized, okay, like, whatever we do, the community is always going to be better at creating what they want than us. And then they opened up their platform side. So us, it was always the goal. It's just that there's a moment for everything. And before doing this, you need to create guidelines. You need to create the pipeline uh, on the 3D side for people to know what to create for what. And it's just, we're not the types of, I mean, not that we like to, of course we'll get big ideas, but we're not going to explain everything or, or, or promise something if we know it's not even ready within a year. Uh, there's no point of doing this unless you just want to artificially pump, pump the floor, but that's not the game we're in. We've always been here for the long term. Yeah, and oh, just, I, I just bought, bought, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
Yeah, just to add into that, I think we're we're really big believers of this space being a huge opportunity to democratize access for creators. Uh, we all come from creative backgrounds and have experience in Web2 worlds, and we think this technology can really supercharge the next generation of talent to emerge. So that's why we do everything step by step, getting out the ideas and uh, providing tools. I think the 3D files was a major uh, thing for us, even though they're at their alpha stage, but constantly building on what we've released and then allowing more people in. And Space Trip's another key project. We've got 19 uh, independent artists, their own Air Force shoe, which is an opportunity only the top athletes usually have. So we're really ambitious about that and to keep pushing that democratization forward. I wanted to add in too that um, I'm another person who just jumped into Blender, had been meaning to do so for a few years, and it was just magic. It was so much fun and so cool you provided those files. And I just wanted to say on the human side of things, it's been super beautiful to, um, you know, just it is communi community building when we jump on together and they've literally given tutorials for folks who aren't familiar. And yeah, it's been super fun to get to know um, how to use it and in a really fun just like fun loving setting and and lastly i'll say clonexes are super loving i've been so blown away by that community like literally really open loving people yeah and to add to that erica i just noticed something scrolling down and for this goes back to uh your first question or like oh how has it been different for one when i i don't remember seeing this many clones on the first time we we did one of these like there's so many clones now as i'm scrolling down which is awesome um so yeah the community is like really strong so like big shout out to the community it's, it's, it's because last time we did space we didn't clones. <laughs> that's why, that's why 60% of them are bots as well that's because <laughs> the clonexes didn't exist last time we walked into my well no but space, people were using Chris. uh people were using clonex pfps though i remember a lot of people were oh uh, yeah like the the yeah, the yep. geeks. yeah it's cool it, it was but just to go back on the feeling on blender i just want to add because as well i don't know if you know uh, there, there's this amazing Ar Ar Argentinian artist that's been doing crazy CGI uh, for, for the clones and we got on the call with him recently uh, Jay Marino maybe he's in the space I don't know but him when we talked to him he, he started to learn 3D uh, two years ago and he used to be working a normal office job and now he's a mini superstar in our mini weird web free world of clones and PFPs <laughs> but he's a mini superstar in 3D and I think he's himself as well now inspiring people to learn 3D and all of this I think is very important because you can talk about building worlds and making a game and all of this and co-creation and creator economy but if your community is only people who are here for the floor you're not going to create shit uh, so you need to have that, that base and these seeds to be a good part of your community before you start promising things because you will never be able to deliver all of this if you have no one actively creating and, and motivated to create and have that emulsion in the community of people being inspired by each other to all start to create together. That, that's very, very important. It's a hard formula to do, but that's the formula that everything we do is always pointed towards that goal. And, and, and that's what we work on uh, every day. Even if you don't see, we're working a lot towards that and super proud of all the stuff our community is doing and, and amazed every day. And, and even to joke internally recently that we need to step our games up because they're going to start to become better than us at content. <laughs> so, so like, I got this, yeah, I to, <laughs> exactly. Some of them are like, what the fuck are they doing? Like simulation, a party, all of this. We need to step up. So that's really good to see. And when you start to see a community doing stuff better than you, it means you're doing something uh, right, you know, in a sense. So that's very cool. That's really cool. It's fair to say that your next collaboration is actually here. Your next collaboration is with your community. 
And by giving them the tools to create within the artifact ecosystem, it's almost like letting them collaborate with the brand and being able in a way, right? Not obviously in, a, in an official matter, but being able for them to express uh, themselves and be them uh, all while sporting and rocking the, the artifact logo and the brand and everything. I even saw the rapper uh, came on our stage one night. He's an artifact rapper. And he's a it's clone. It's really cool. Mando, let me go to you though, because we do want to talk about the big topic today, forging, uh, which opened today, something you've been working on the last nine months. And so Mando, I'm just going uh, to hit you with that. Yeah. I guess everyone knows Artifact as being on like the cutting edge of, of NFT drops ever ever since you know since you guys started right yeah you've been been on the cutting edge and obviously this is this is again doing a a wearables drop different do you maybe want to go into the details of how forging is kind of changing the game uh, going forward with with how you see wearables drops and um, and just general drops going forward. Hundred percent. I think so. A key part of when we started Artifact was the forging mechanic, allowing NFT holders to redeem physical wearables, and then that's something that has been very close to our hearts. And with Clonex forging, we wanted to take that concept to the next level and really show people a real life case study of the future today. So we we developed ten luxury handcrafted brands. We also managed to get ten sneakers for all the DNAs. Uh, we messed around with the interesting mechanic of the one to rock, one to stock. I think that's super interesting because if you are a sneakhead or collector of these uh, high fashion items, a lot of people don't wear them just because of the value that they hold. So we thought adding this uh, mechanic in, one will provide a lot of value to the holders who might want to wear one and keep the other one in like a dead stock condition or sell it to someone who doesn't have a clone. So that for us was like super amazing. I think another big thing is the scarcity of it's interesting. So uh, it's basically broken down by the different DNAs. Uh, but compared to like regular sneakerhead market, which is a huge billion dollar market with loads of fans and fanatics, uh, even the human shoe, which is at 40,000 max supply, is way less than most of the super popular releases, which for us is very interesting to see how that develops over time. But I think the key innovation that we've managed to work through is the NFC side of things. So we've been working as soon as we got into Nike to implement this technology and looking at state-of-the-art NFC chips and new developments in that space and uh, displaying like the... We, we had NFCs in the AR hoodie and the space strip, but Clonex will feature the next evolution of that tech. And we're super excited because we've got some real cool ideas or mechanics and ways that can be used for authentication, potentially a physical marketplace in the future. So I think that is very important because uh, with NFTs, you have the provenance of the token and that doesn't exist right now in the real world. And we believe that NFCs linking to NFTs can create that full circle loop of provenance and ownership. And I predict in the next five years that everyone will be using this tech. So I think it's very interesting to see how people react to it today. And is, in terms of the value proposition, you're buying an NFT, you're getting a free physical item, but that collectible lasts forever and linking it to the NFT will unlock you different utilities. So having that sort of interplay between phys physical and digital is super interesting and I can't wait for people to get the clothes because it's not merchandise. It's not just like we took Gildan t-shirts and slapped prints on them. It was designed by Toby, who's been working in the streetwear game, uh, designed for Palace and other big brands. 
and all the manufacturing techniques, they all feature different embellishments. And so, yeah, super excited to see how the community is reacting and what they're choosing to mint and how the mechanics play out over time. And so I'm going to add to this. So, you know, as well, the thing of this is that it's all very, very new, right? We started forging with the ferro shoes, all of this, uh, more than a year ago. Uh, and every every time we do something, we, we have an idea and we think, you know, what is going to happen, but we're always surprised by why, what it's spawning. And as he said, the, all the interconnection between the digital and physical, the NFC, many fashion brands and big ones with billions of dollars and have, have, have people work on that since years. And, and they only focus on one aspect, which is the authentication aspect, which is, of course, great. But for us, what's cool, and it goes back with the stuff I said at the beginning, that if you're part of the artifact community, you, are, you have a passport to the future. All the people who are buying from this drop are going to be the first people who have a full look or a lot of different items that are linked together like this. And then if they have ideas of what to do with it or us, we want to test because authentication is one way, but you can token gate phys physical events. You can get people to unlock new things if they connect them all together. There's a lot of things to do, but the, the cool thing is that we are building that live and trying things live, right? Because all of this is very new. But we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with the best community of people who are super future-driven, creative, positive. So that's the best environment, really, to start to make a real version of the future that works on a micro level. And then after, you can see how you expand it and scale it up down the line, you know, and, and probably a lot of other brands were going to try to scale it up. But we're all part of this clone forging drop of defining what's the best experience for this and how this works. And can so we, it's, not, it's not a small thing. Can we zap? Before, just quickly before you go, because I know you're going to go now, but can you explain to people what an NFC is? Yeah, so it's a near-field communication device. It basically allows most iPhones and Android devices to scan it to be redirected. In the past, we've seen different demos of people doing it and linking to open pages, and we've been really working to solve the authentication part because NFC tags can be generally cloned. Uh, so we've been working with the Nike teams who've had a lot of research done into their, this and we're using the top suppliers and have been really focused on this for the last eight months. And with Clonex Forging, we're super excited to release <laughs> the actual physicals. And I think the cool thing that people will witness is the technology and our infrastructure will evolve over time. We're building in real time, doing something that hasn't been done. So there may be certain kinks, uh, but we're able to upgrade the technology remotely and add new features and utilities down the line, which is literally merging the digital and physical world. I think another part of this drop that's super important is it's bringing a lot of new eyes and attention into the Web3 space. A lot of people who aren't in the space think of NFTs as overpriced JPEGs, but they can really understand the value proposition of buying an NFT of a sneaker and getting a physical sneaker. And it opens, creates a new type of economy where clone holders become the distributors of these garments and that's why we went crazy on it it's 10 full brands and it was a lot of work to pull them up all together and get the quality uh, that you guys will see on the physicals but to add in the nfc element uh, linking to the nft is uh, going to be a game changer in the long term and even uh to add to that the even future physical events too people queuing in line <clears throat> it's just all going to be accessed via the stuff they wear on them too because you can easily just scan it so i can't wait to see what the community really does uh with the nfc chips and see if they can try to build on top of it too uh down the road yeah. 
So this is this is interesting, right? You, why, I'll stop you there, Chris, when you're talking about uh, to see what people are going to be able to do and build on top of it as well. Uh, you know, because what you guys are doing and Benoit, you know, Zap, Chris, is you're building a super exclusive brand while allowing others to build on it, right? That's kind of like the vibe of artifact. No, and, and no, yeah, this is very new because we, we, we follow a lot of the codes from Luxury. You know, because it's uh, it's exclusive, uh, it's high quality. You know, some sometimes it's high price. Sometimes we give it in like we did the pigeon, like super low price to onboard new people. But if at the same dollar, time, by the way, just to yeah, it was a dollar. That was a dollar drop. But but at the same time, you have that luxury experience as well as what storytelling is going to be important because luxury is all about storytelling, and we're going to kick off a lot of storytelling in the coming months with all the lore we've been building for the clones and other things we're building. But the cool thing is that we're not keeping all the stuff we build for ourselves. We're giving free defies, we're giving access for people to build on top because we're big believers, again, like since day one, that whatever you do in the future, you need to take into consideration your... It's within internet culture, and internet culture has always been about remixing, modding, and all that modding culture we, we love from video games. And we try to apply that to... How do you apply that to a luxury brand of the future? So that's the goal since day one, and and everything we do is towards that direction. No, that's that's really interesting. I think Mando, you had a question following up on on that point when it comes to you know being able to manage you know both sides of it, the the you know the balancing mass market and investment. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Like obviously now you you're part of a much bigger organization, which is known for like kind of more mass market rather than luxury, and. You're, you're that face of, of, of Web3. How, how do you see yourself balancing that, that, um, that ability to reach as many customers as possible and the preservation of, of the NFT market, which is kind of like a collectibles market? And this is a concept of where it gets, can get hurt by things like oversupply or, or a loss of message. And how, how do you see yourself balancing that over the next you know, few years? Yeah, I think it comes down to us being artifact. We're not tied down by Nike's legacy that they've been building for the 50 years. So we're able to experiment and build with our community. Uh, key part is we always want to put our community first and we take on feedback very seriously. And we are highly focused on scarcity. That's why we're not releasing 300,000 NFTs. I think this today is our biggest drop ever. And uh, like I mentioned before, everything is a step-by-step process. We're releasing tools. Uh, everyone's talking about a metaverse. It takes three to four years to build a real good game. But you know when there is that open metaverse, you'll be able to wear the artifact files. We have everything rigged in 3D. So we're really gearing up for the future. And we know right now, even with the bear market and everything slowing down, uh, we the long term continue to innovate, push boundaries, and break things to make them better pretty much yeah that's a great answer that's a great answer that is that is a perfect answer <laughs> I, you practice that one? no that was that was a great answer no because we see a lot of people on twitter like in this number this is twitter's eco chamber but it's just like oh they're dropping clothes and you have access to buying clothes but like i feel like this it's different like people i don't think people are ca- a lot of people on and that's everyone not doing generalized uh, thoughts of people but like they don't understand maybe what's 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 happening here and it's quite different first of all not every project nft company is going to do the same thing and i like to believe that you you know the artifact ecosystem what you're building is is, is extremely big and, and important uh, also for the space 
as it helps push it forward uh, quite a lot. So it's uh, it's really interesting you said that. And I love that you have this creative freedom. Do you want to talk about this a little bit maybe? Like, I, I really like what you said. It's like, yo, like, doesn't matter the legacy that was built, you know, on top of it by Nike. And what, no, like, we're Artifact Studio. Oh, sorry, we're Artifact. So I'm used to it. We're Artifact and we're kind of doing our own thing. So I think that's 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 really cool to hear that you three are able to be free thinkers and, and do your own thing and, and really deliver for your for your community. Yeah, and that's how we started Artifact. We were inspired by Nike. We were inspired by gaming. We, and we wanted to build this native brand. And these brands don't operate in the same way Web2 brands operate. And I think that's pretty transparent. There hasn't been one successful Web2 brand who has fully established a successful NFT project or community. Uh, the space is a whole new culture. Uh, communities have different expectations to the real world. And for us, maintaining independence and running the brand was a very important part. And we work very closely with Nike uh, to keep them aligned on what we're doing and uh, collaborate, cross-collaborate. And if you look at how many drops we've done in one year, it's pretty amazing. Uh, like from Space Trip 18 sneakers to Clone X Forge to the things we have coming up at, by the end of the year, uh, we haven't been stopping and we're really happy to have this opportunity and want to use it to onboard new people and create more amazing memories in the space. Zaptio, I absolutely love what you say there. And I wrote this a while back. Like, you hit it spot on. Like, Web2 companies kind of come in, like, have a successful NFT project, usually get kind of shunned or don't go with the community, like, how they will eventually. And then companies that are born natively in Web3 space, like, once they try to build a business outside of Web3 and different revenue streams to actually increase their overall reach, they kind of get crapped on by the community a little bit. Like, what are you doing? And it's such an interesting dynamic that's playing out here. I'm sure you guys feel it's like you could never appease everyone. Um, but like, you know, what you are doing is imperative for like the long term growth and successfulness of Artifact and your holders. Exactly. The priority is to follow our roadmap that we had at the beginning. Um, that's what we really, really believe in. Uh, and, you know, we feel like once we nailed everything down, the community will start to really understand, especially the people that don't understand yet. I think this is a this is a really good answer too, Chris. I don't know Benoit if you wanted to touch on all that stuff. You always have something good to no, say. No, me, no, but... you know me. I'm more of a, you know philosopher on this type of stuff. No, I love it. Like, no, but I mean, to me, I don't because the, the thing, my be... big belief is that I really <laughs> think that the the day and age of mass market is gonna, you know is is not cutting it anymore for for a lot of people and for the next generation because they are used to customize and personalize and now own really own the stuff they have. And I'm not really interested in scaling to millions of people, but I'm very interested in having a small group of people that have an influence on millions of people. Or to have a billion people that want our stuff, but just a hundred of them, we can get it. And, and that's where, after a while, you know, it, would, it should be considered really a privilege in a sense to be part of our ecosystem because it's going to give you access to things in advance and to a community supporting you that, that is very hard to do with a normal brand because normal brands are just here, you know, to to make their daily business. So I'm really a big believer, just like we started Artifact, we being, you know, the three of us at the early days, then five, 10, 12, when we got acquired, uh, that a very small group of people can have a big impact on the world. And if you look as well, some other brands, you know, there's like some watch brands that have very, very low limited supply of items they release through the year, but everyone who knows about them and dreams to have one of them one day. So What's interesting with us, it's, it's a bit of a mixed business between being very mainstream in terms of attractivity, but also very exclusive in terms of accessibility. 
And that's why, you know, these days, and I mentioned it on Twitter, like the, be the, the best challenge that I'm working on these days is how do you do a new unit within the team to take care of that? Because you need to align not only the economy side, because you're managing a big economy of items that's also within the web free economy itself. And at the same time, you want to really have that personal service for your top collectors and, and, and almost pick who you want next to join your community in some cases. And I think this is very interesting because it's a bit like you could choose who's with you uh, in school, you know. And usually when you're at school and you see the, the list of who's in your class, you're happy if you have some friends. <laughs> and uh, for us, it's like this. At some point, we'll be able to really uh, select who, who, who gets in. Uh, and, and we would curate that. So that knowing that together, the community will form and add more value and create more cool things than if they were not part of the community we do. So the, the balance between being small and scaling uh, to me is a, is a big challenge but uh, it's a very exciting challenge speaking of challenges uh another great answer by the way and so you know you talk about uh value and how it will become obvious when the metaverse and the tech layer begins to get built right and obviously uh that's why you're starting to educate people which is extremely important i'm bullish on anyone doing education in the space no matter what it is but you're educating people with blender you're educating people with 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 all this stuff, right? And how to, how to, how to, and pushing the creator economy forward. And so, obviously, we've seen uh, a big rise in gaming and the games already. We've seen, you know, some people try to make a, uh, a move into move to earn, which use sneakers. And it clearly feels, it feels clear that AR could be really big here, uh, which might really suit all of your ambitions and ideas that you have uh, at Artifact. So, the question, the question here would be like, is there any any plans here uh, with Artifact, you know, and the kicks that you guys have and everything to make a move into the move to earn uh, technology or even a thought that you've had? And then next question, you know, which kind of attaches onto that is, um, you know, any uh, any interest uh, into gaming? So hold on to the first question. Uh, I don't know, Farouk, you probably know, but my favorite shoe is the Nike Air Mag. Uh, with the auto lacing and all of yeah. that stuff. So, <laughs> Crazy. Um, yeah, we're definitely interested in Move to Earn and we have something crazy cooking up. I think the technology has been worked on for over eight years. Uh, that's a big pro of us being acquired by Nike. We now have top manufacturing, technology, engineering and innovation behind us. So for sure, the community will see something pretty crazy quite soon, actually. Alpha. And and in general, like to not to give alpha, but all the stuff you mentioned, Farouk yeah. or stuff we we love and are very interested in. And the roadmap of at Artifact is always to work on stuff we love and we're interested in. So, <laughs> so you'll so, see. But uh, no, uh -oh. but so, yeah. So we work on a lot of things at the same time. Some things are more long term. Some things we can reveal sooner or later. But of course, all of these things we're thinking about because you know we love gaming. We're very interested by the merging of physical and digital and how you can have some reward system around all of this. So all of this is stuff we work on. Not sure when you're going to see, you know, the first uh, part of it, but it's stuff we, we love and are, are very interested in. We got a nice quote out of that one from Zapsio. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I kind of got the answer I was looking for here, and I love it. Uh, obviously, the Air Mag is dope, but that you got definitely something interesting coming in with move to earn and uh and you got something crazy going on um you know i think Look, an, an artifact an artifact sports like move to earn play to earn style metaverse with gaming i think that that would just be incredible this is we love gaming <laughs> 
I, I don't want to speculate, but I'm trying to wonder if like the token would be Nike, a token would be Artifact, or like my my gut tells me the move to earn is more about actually being able to get rewarded uh, more physical items and digital items rather than a token. Like you can just see where you can potentially go with it, and that's really exciting because you said you know you have this scalability to be able to manufacture. So I hope I'm right because that's really awesome. Anything is possible. Uh, we always say that at Artifact and. Like Benoit said, we're always working to make our dreams come true. And I think with the right team who's at the intersection of gaming, culture, wearables, fashion, to actually execute this vision. And with Nike behind us, we now have access to a lot more in terms of resource, manufacturing, quality, and are super excited to open all of that up to the clone community. Looping back for a sec to the, to the accessibility point that somebody brought up, um, I was wondering if somebody could give the the handle of the of the Clonex that's offered his 3D files, so literally anyone who isn't in the community could have a chance to just jump in and play. And along those lines, there is a I, it was really cool on one of the calls. There was like someone co-hosting the call that wasn't a Clonex, but that's how kind of open the community is. And she just like knew everybody so well, and so that was really cool to see. Yeah, and just on the open sourcing the 3D files, we're working on a couple of clones to open up their licenses where you can come on a website, click a few checkboxes and download the files to mess around with, uh, not for commercial purposes. So we have that cooking up and uh, it's been amazing to see the 3D community band together, share files, share knowledge, share learnings. And uh, we have a really cool team working just on the community creator side, uh, scouting talent, sharing twitch streams so if you're interested to learn make sure you join the discord and tap into our weekly create sessions that's amazing great to hear that is super cool so make sure everyone taps into the creator sessions uh that they're that that you know the artifact team is is giving because it's extremely important like if you've always wanted to be part of a creative community and whatnot like definitely the clone x community is, is definitely very very creative it's been fun to see uh what you've you know pushed everyone to um to make with with the clones another question i know we're, we're running short on time i'm sure you guys have a million things to do uh it's on the collaboration side of things right we've seen you know we've seen you have access obviously through uh to to an incredible uh range of, of athletes right through nike and whatnot we saw serena williams uh shot serena williams i think it's her last grand slam right now that she's playing big big kudos to this queen we love her but you know so we saw her swap to a clone and she was she tweeted about it any other, uh, any other cool, fun collabs, activation, you know, with athletes and whatnot that could be coming for Artifact in the future? I think you just need to wait a couple of weeks and uh, everything will come to the surface. Perfect. Every time, you know, with you guys, whenever you tell me wait, it's like, yeah, cool, I'll wait. Because I know that a couple weeks down the line, I'm just going to be losing my shit. We're broke. We're broke. <laughs> we like Alpha. Can you give us a sport, at least? Can you tell us what sport? That, all the sports. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we got the alpha we wanted today. Uh, actually, when it came into the gaming side of conversation and the move to earn things, so we managed to grab. I think that was the big ticket alpha right there. Yep, yeah, guys, don't get too greedy, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't. Especially Zabtu is in talking mode, so. <laughs> well, did, did the wine bottles arrive yet? Because we like to say yes. No, he's, Z actually is up since what five a.m. Z. Yeah, even for, no, I think three hours, four a.m. Yeah. Uh, for the drop. So I'm it, losing it, my energy. I, 
I'm actually going to go forge all my stuff after this uh, the show. I'm really excited. So for everybody, just a reminder, like obviously during these times, like, there's a lot of scam links and, and bad actors that come out. There's a lot of hype. Artifact, obviously, being a big brand in the space. So make sure you click on all the right links. Uh, make sure you go to the... Uh, make sure you go to the um, to the um, to the artifact Discord. You know all the founders, the artifact account, all verified. So be careful with that. Make sure they're real. Uh, artifact.com is the only yeah, website. Even the verified stuff, the scammers these days, they yeah, that's the thing. Get, verified, so, honestly, it's crazy. Being yeah. verified is almost like being a scammer at this stage. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and just one thing I wanted to jump in, just specifically on Clonex forging. So Benoit said you can take your time to mint. That's true. But if you miss the deadline, which is the 7th of September, there's nothing we can do. Uh, and then if anyone who doesn't have a clone is interested, uh, we have the pre-forged collection, which is a 115 ERC-1155 collection. Any NFT in that can be redeemed for a physical uh, the following week, starting from the 7th. So make sure you're checking up on that and, yeah, make your choices. Hell yeah. I can't wait to go and, and get a couple of sneakers and a couple of different things with, uh, using the clones. So it's uh, it's uh, really, really fun. So I guess I'll, one last question to, to all three of y'all, and you can all take it whatever order you want. What's one thing that you're looking for the most, whether in the space or within the artifact ecosystem? Not everybody we're, at once. We're, we're, all, nah, we're all thinking how to say something without giving alpha. That's basically You're just trying to get alpha. He's no, there's one thing. I promise I wasn't trying this time. <laughs> just perfume <laughs> alpha. No, so me personally, I mean, a lot of things are very exciting. But so there, there's one thing which I think at the end of the week, so people get a better idea on what you can do with wearables and clones and what we prepare on that sense. That's very exciting. And then, but it's selfish because I take care of this stuff, but there's crazy crazy collabs to be announced with some of the coolest best uh, brands in the world like really i think once we reveal a couple people are gonna lose their mind very proud of that and not only of having that brand working with us but the stuff we do with them in terms of storytelling and physical forging stuff they we do with us is crazy so oh, that's the oh, stuff i'm uh, very excited about we the one thing i'm uh waiting for oh sorry z um the 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 thing is, we've been seeing like people test clone files in video games and different game engines. But the thing I'm seeing that's going to be overlooked but might be really big down the road is filmmaking. And that's, what's, that's what made Source Filmmaker really popular. I remember everybody was making Team Fortress 2 shorts and everything. I want to see a lot more of that. And I think uh, the time will come when everybody really collaborates together to maybe make like a whole motion feature-length film, two-and-a-half-hour Clone X film. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm excited to see down the road. Hell yeah. For me, I think I'm super pumped for everyone to get their physicals. Uh, I think... It's actually a pretty crazy utility that if you see someone wearing a demon hoodie, you straight away have that connection that you're both clone holders. So I think bringing that into the real world would be super cool. Uh, and then also on the NFC side, to see how that develops. And we've hinted at marketplaces and other things like that. So and lot... Monolith Quest too. I forgot. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, the that's... Next <laughs> and this is very soon, and we prepared something really special, which is actually a test for us in terms of mechanics for something we're preparing that's much bigger. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a really cool quest, uh, even better than the first one, different, shorter as well. 
and what's inside Modern 2 is game changing. So that's you had to give it to them, huh, Benoit? Another alpha. Oh man, Jesus. we got. No, no, I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't say. I just said it's cool. I said the quest is cool. I didn't say what's the quest. The Modern 2 quest, the move to earn, the big sports star collabs, and you said this huge brand that you're working on bringing to the space with y'all. It's not one huge. It's several really, really, really good ones, big ones, but they are the ones that no one normally can get. So you just keep going. Keep, keep, yeah. keep going. We're going to run this for another 20 minutes. We're just going to let you guys talk. Mando's like, I have a call. He's like, he's like canceling on the people that he's got. Next. Like, Screw that stuff. I have one more question. It's nothing to do with Alpha, or it does, but it's not intended that way. Any other events we should be looking forward to for Artifact? Like last time in New York was a lot of fun. Thank you for that, by the way. Like, honestly, it was arguably one of my favorite moments of the year uh, so far. I got to kiss Benoit a ton of times yeah, was without his much, consent. Way. <laughs> yes. He, he was <laughs> not happy. Um, he and was... <laughs> I no, on this, so, so we were planning... My lips, we, got we, his beard. We plan, <laughs> we plan to do more things physically. Uh, we plan as well to start to monitor more and support what the community is doing because, you know, in the sense, it's them we can do the most on the daily basis. And us, we were planning to do something end of the year in Korea, but we are delaying it to early 20, uh, 2023, which is different uh, and, and very cool. Uh, but we plan to do a lot of more things physically. But uh, again, to go around that storytelling element, we don't want to make a party next because we already did it and it was great. So next, we want to start to have like some things where people can really have an experience and, and also, you know, maybe have some stuff to mint on site and, and really take that uh, and reinvent it. So... We plan more things physically, but we keep, we plan on keeping them rare, but really good and really special every time. Boom. There you go. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It was, it was really cool. And honestly, like, getting to meet uh, Takashi Murakami, thanks to you guys, was yeah, awesome. Yeah, you got a cool picture as well, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I got a, sick <laughs> pictures with Murakami. Like, I hadn't posted on Instagram in like a year. And like, that was like the comeback. It's like, what's up? Long time no see. Uh, it was cool. But also like just the event general, like being at the Gagosian was really special to see like artifact clones like at the Gagosian gallery. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, no, that was a super special moment for us. I don't think we'll ever forget that. And I think having Takashi Murakami, who we all looked up to as an artist and were huge fans of before being a key class now it's we've done like four projects with Takashi and is the first time Takashi's ever done and like he artifact sneaker and that in itself is huge news for the sneaker community it's been something that's been desired for years and I think Takashi understands the vision uh, and what we've been doing at artifact and is continuously something else and working with us so we're super grateful to have such a legendary artists uh, supporting us and continuing to collaborate and change the game with us hell yeah Bro, I got- one last one go ahead one, one last one for because i mentioned america like looking for like if you could have your ne- next dream collaborator who would you want to be, be it with we all said kanye because he's the only one that yeah. no one can get and uh, yep, yeah that's the only one like that would be fire set on that one yep yeah no no that's that's like that's it. That's the one. Like after, it's tough. Even when I think about what artifact could go next after Murakami, it's like, yeah, it's yay. I mean, that would be. I mean, Chris, you. Would, I know you've been designing shoes for a minute. Like that, dude. That would be so fucking fly. I mean, this is crazy. Well, I listen. We'll be manifesting that for you, Kanye. If you're listening, if you listen on replay, because yeah, this episode is gonna be uploaded across all single. Pl-
or Spotify, Apple, whatever platform exists on, on the surface of the internet uh, will be everywhere. It's uploaded here. It's super fucking cool. I can't wait. I'm going to go and force four of those Murakami uh, sneakers right now. Uh, they make great gifts also for Christmas. My little brother's going to be dripping out. Uh, so, um, but yeah, no, Zach, for real, you're, you're global now. All the shout outs, all platforms. Dude, <laughs> listen. Dude, you had Michael Bay yesterday, bro. That's insane. Dude, we had yeah. Michael Bay on the show yesterday. Come on, man. It's, it. it's really fun. Listen, like, I even saw Ryan come on the show earlier. Like, big shout out to On Cyber Ryan. Like, it's just fun to be able to see a year later, like, how far, like, everyone's going and have come. Some people are doing crazy things. Like, what you guys are doing is, like, nuts, right? Like, where you guys have been, if I've gone through, like, when we see, like, other brands like Yuga and everything. Like, it's insane to see what some, you know, just projects have, have, have grown to become. And then us too, man. We're vibing. We're working. We're building harder rug radio. We're doing really cool things. And so we're really happy um, to be able to have all three of you on like really really big thank you i'm proud of y'all man as a friend really thank proud you. of you guys yep. and thank it's still you. early we're still oh, doing yeah, it. yeah and, and it's and what's cool is and thanks for organizing this for all because it's not because it's a bear market that you know people need to stop thinking about the future uh and we we all need to keep that energy it was great to regroup with everyone like this and yeah you, you grow a lot as well on your side so that's super cool to see Thank you. And so big, big shout out to the whole Artifact ecosystem, to all the Clonex holders and to everything, everyone listening here on replay on Twitter Spaces Live. Uh, this will be uploaded. We'll share with you guys, by the way. I'll send you all the links so you can share to Discord and whatnot. But yeah, big thank you. Big, big, big shout out to Chris, ClackFX, Benito, Benoit, and Zapsio, the thank co-founders you. of... Hey! The forge is in progress, so we got we got to get back to work. Thank you. Hey, everyone. let's go. That was dope. Love y'all. Peace out. Big thank you to my co-host Mando as usual, John Fitzgerald, Simon, Erica, Golden, who's gonna write a thread about the spaces uh, uh, later on, and everyone uh, for coming up. Big kudos. Thank you very much. Love y'all, and I'll see y'all tomorrow morning. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of GMNFTs on Rug Radio. Let's go! Oh, it didn't play. Oh, it's not working. Oh, you gotta have to sing oh, it now. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> it was working! GM, GM. On this beautiful day.